Wesley. Wesley. Man, where is he? Hey, TJ. What are you doing? Well, Jeremy, you know, this is usually the point where Wesley and I discuss what's on the program, and then he stops me from doing something really dumb. But I can't find him today. So let me ask you, do you think I need to... No. No, absolutely not. But you don't even know what I was going to say. Doesn't matter. Don't do it. Hello? Okay, I won't do it. Who was that? This is Wesley. He says I shouldn't do it either. Making connections. Affecting the culture. Just doing life. It's Engage Magazine on American Family Radio. As we talked about last week on this say, on this program, January is Sanctity of Human Life Month, and so we're going to spend every episode this week or this month talking about the sanctity of life and how we, especially as believers, not only have the privilege but we actually have the responsibility and we have the ability to protect preborn life. If you missed last week's conversation, let me encourage you, go to engagemagazine.net slash podcast, listen to that, where we talked to, to a guy, the president of preborn, and we talked about how you can actively save preborn lives. It was an amazing conversation, was it not, Wesley? It was, and we'll have that up on our Facebook page. We'll tag that in our um, our show notes as well, so you can check it out there. A bunch of other art, um, articles, but also podcasts up there on our Facebook page and our website regarding the sanctity of human life. We've been to a bunch of different events. And, you know, this is like, as I was mentioning to you before we started the program today, that how awesome is it that we have this great opportunity and to think that we have all this other stuff leading up to New Year's that we almost almost let it slip by us, but we don't we want did. to waste this opportunity. Yeah, absolutely, we don't. And to help us not waste this opportunity, Wesley, you and I wanted to bring in a guy who has been involved in in fighting for pro-life calls uh, for years and years and years. His name is Pastor Joseph. Uh, Pastor, tell us a little bit about what you do here at AFA. Okay, just glad to share. Um I host the broadcast, The Hour of Intercession, and a part of what I do also is do pro-life outreach, and part of what that involves is we have these events uh, we call a Festival for Life. It's basically a multimedia event that uses movie clips, movie trailers, and music videos to help share a biblical message encouraging the church to do two things. One is to become passionately involved with standing for life and against abortion, and number two, to aggressively come alongside pregnancy clinics to help them do what they do. And we're going to get a lot into that, especially in the second segment of this program. But in case somebody can't stick around, how can they find out more about Festivals for Life? Well, they can email me at jparker at afa.net, and we'd be glad to send them uh, an email information packet about it if they're interested in attending one or if, and, and interested in maybe hosting one at their home church as sure. well. That's great. So last week we talked about how we can respond to Christians who are pro-choice, mm-hmm. right? So those who uh, who say they believe in Christ, that they are converted, and yet they also believe that a woman should have the right to choose uh, to kill her baby, to abort her baby. You know, in researching a lot of these different things, Wesley, you and I have come up with an idea, or we, we came across an idea uh, that we feel like we need to respond to on air, and it's this idea that God himself is not pro-life. You know, it's interesting that we're talking about Christians that hold a non-pro-life response, and that's a great place to start for us as Christians because as a Christian, we have to accept the premise that this is the inspired Word of God, so we have Mm -hmm. something that we can go with and go by. And so uh, it comes down to two different things, you know, the maturity 
of, of a Christian, a of you know, it, yeah. where they are at the, at the beginning of their faith, or whether they are denying portions and major doctrines of Scripture, too. So Which is got, so key, yeah. especially in this aspect, because God is the author of yeah. life. <laughs> you can't get more pro-life than God. Yeah. And yet, mm-hmm. that's exactly what people, especially people on the Internet, are doing. And Pastor Joseph, you had a really interesting comment on, because now we've been reading a couple of different articles together. I'm going to be honest with you, I'm not going to give you the site because I don't really <laughs> want to drive traffic to those sites. But Pastor mm-hmm. Joseph, oh, I, what was your take on some of those? Well, to read the, the two articles that were featured in particular, what struck me is that basically these are people that have come up with a conclusion and they're trying to find scripture to back up what they want to prove. Yeah. Wow. And in reality, of course, you know, you can take anything, any topic, and try to <laughs> prove Scripture by drawing out Scripture out of context and contorting it to where it supposedly says, you know, just like, you know, you hear people say, well, Judas went out and killed himself, and so this is a doctrine of suicide, you know, right. something yeah. foolish. Yeah. Well, so. and, and I want to introduce two kind of big terms, but if you study Scripture for a long time, you're, you're going to be familiar with them, but it, it's called eisegeting and exegeting. And eisegeting is where you take a passage of Scripture and you read a meaning into it. So you're you're in eisegeting. But when you're exegeting, it means you're drawing a meaning out of Scripture. And that's what we always want to do when we come to Scripture, is we want to draw meaning out of it, not put ourselves into it. You know, that's a, a, a fear of mine, and I'm very cautious, uh, careful and cautious of that now, because there was at one point early on in my ministry when I was really young in the faith, uh, there was a couple of times where I was preparing for a lesson to teach, and I found myself uh, right or wrong, whether the conclusions mm-hmm. were right or wrong. I was starting with the conclusion and then finding scripture to back it yep. up. And, you and, that's, and that. that's dangerous, whether you have the right answer or the wrong answer, because there's mm-hmm. so many times, more times than not, you'll find uh, you'll find the, you take the passage in the wrong direction. Yeah, absolutely. And what what happens when you do that is you miss so much of what Scripture is actually talking about, which is exactly what some of these things say. Now, just as a a prime example of what we're talking about here, and this is not something specific to the articles that that we read, but I've heard this over and over again, that God cannot be pro-life because he ordered Abraham to sacrifice Isaac. Have you you guys heard that? That God, that basically, uh, because because God said, It makes sense, but I haven't heard that. Right. Yeah. I want you to sacrifice Isaac, and therefore God supports abortion. Hmm. I'd like you two to respond to that. <laughs> wow. Put you on the spot a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, to me, I think, again, it goes back to the idea that this person has come up with an argument, and they're trying to find Scripture to back it up. Because, mm-hmm. again, number one, obviously, he didn't sacrifice Isaac, but at the same time, God knew what he's doing. And it. one of the things that comes to my mind is that the Bible clear. I think of one of the things alluded to in one of the articles. They talked about the weak argument of the Ten Commandments that says thou shalt not kill. Now, to me, that's insane to call that a weak <laughs> argument. Number one, the Ten Commandments are, are quoted in their f- f- fulfillment you know, completely in Exodus chapter 20 and Deuteronomy chapter 5. Mm-hmm. But then you find portions of them in a number of other places in Scripture as well. That's clear foundational biblical doctrine from Genesis to Revelation. They hold true. So to call it weak is a foolish way to even look at Scripture. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But at the same time, clearly, again, that holds true throughout the Word of God, too. So uh, for someone to come to, again, it clearly seemed like these are people that make a point and they're just trying to find Scripture to back it up. 
Yes, you're listening to Engage Magazine on American Family Radio. We're so grateful to have Pastor Joseph Parker in studio here. You can find out more of his articles at urbanfamily.com. Urbanfamily.com has got plenty of articles up there. And also on, listen to his radio program. And listen to his radio program there. You can find out more, uh, especially on this topic. He's uh, excellent. He's been in this fight for many years, and he provides a great insight on some of these difficult questions that you'll be faced, but also just from a a great biblical perspective. So yeah. So uh, all right. So we there's a lot of other arguments. And here's the thing: if you have an argument that God is not pro-life, or if you've heard one, you're not really sure how to respond to it. Send that to us. We would love to discuss that on air or turn that into an article on EngageMagazine.net. So if you've got those questions, you can always send them into EngageFAQ at AFA.net, EngageFAQ at AFA.net, or hit us up on any of our social media pages. So gentlemen, I do want to ask you: how do we know that God is pro-life? Well, one foundational scripture, in addition to the Ten Commandments, of course, one of the Ten Commandments, thou shalt not kill. Proper translation, you shall not take innocent life. So that's clearly what it points out. Uh, it's, it, that's, a state, that's a clear biblical statement by itself. But also Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19 says, I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live. Again, a biblical principle. It's actually borne out many times throughout the Word of God. But God doesn't change his mind, Mm -hmm. and that's very clear. And so for someone to say he's not pro-life, again, that just flies in the face of clearly what the Word of God teaches about the heart and the mind of God and life itself as well. Yeah, and, and, you know, and really importantly, because people will also point to where God in the Old Testament says, you know, we'll go and kill all the men, the women, and the children. That's not the same. It's a completely different issue. In fact, we've actually mentioned that in an in a, a, a program with, I believe, Alex McFarland, yes. was it, where we talked about some of the hard questions Ten issues that people, the Christians, yeah, yeah, some of the hard things that, that, that Christians go through. Wesley, you've got something you want to share as well. I do, and this is probably the most common passage of Scripture when it, when it discusses pro-life from a, from a biblical perspective. But I think it's worth just reading again because as mm-hmm. clear as it is, um, I think sometimes we can overlook it and just and put it aside and think, well, that's not enough, you know, as if this passage is not enough. So it comes from Psalms 139, verses 13 and 14. It says, For you formed me in my inward parts, you knitted me together in my mother's womb. Praise mm-hmm. God for that. Absolutely. See, a passage couldn't be any more clear than that for someone who says that God is not pro-life. We got to understand, too, that um, in a fallen world, a sinful world that we live in, there's many things that God allows, but yet he does still does not approve of. Yeah, and you know, that's one of the really big things, and that's also one of the big things. We need to really wrap our heads around the fact that God does allow this because of sin, right? So uh, so we have all the sin that we're around, but we but God also calls and even commands us to fight against it. Sure. Right? And that's what we're warring against. And so we have to do that. In fact, that's what we're going to spend our entire second segment on. And we would want uh, someone else to do that for us. You know oh, what I'm absolutely. saying? You know, uh, I, and there's a good quote here. I, I mentioned other earlier or before on this program <laughs> where we got questions.org, and there's a quote from there that says, He still allows what he hates to accomplish that which he desires. And it comes from Isaiah 46, 9 through 11. So check out that Bible verse. Yeah, and you know, God Questions is always a, a great resource. So Pastor Joseph, real quick, uh, in the next segment, we're going to be talking about ways that people can uh, can be active and mm-hmm. can fight in the pro-life cause. But I'd really like to, to ask you, why should people be involved? Well, because the reality is, again, we live in a, a world that's sadly proactive in darkness. 
Mm-hmm. And the fact is, though, we have been called to choose life. That's not a, just a state. That's a command. And so part of that means being an advocate for life as well. And so we're to be vessels God can use to bring, you know, bring that about. So hopefully you have now heard the case of that, that God is pro-life in case you are ever questioning that. But even if you're convinced maybe God is pro-life, does that mean that I have to be? In the next segment, we're going to discuss why we as believers have a command to be pro-life. But beyond just subscribing to a command, we have to be active. And how we need to do that is coming up. 